hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Logistics Executive TV. Today, we're um, talking to a very talented and accomplished young lady who is hailing from Australia. We're going to find out where very shortly. Uh, but uh, this young lady is heavily involved in the industry in Australia from a logistics, transport, supply chain perspective. Had the great pleasure of meeting her at the CMAT Hanover Mesa event at Olympic Stadium in Sydney a few months ago. And I'm delighted to be joined by Katharina Zink-Atana. Kat, thank you for joining us. Kim, thank you very much for having me and for the um, introduction. <laughs> it's very kind. <laughs> great, great to see you again. Of course, we caught up in Sydney a few months ago, and uh, we've also known each other for some years in the industry as well. As I said, you've been heavily involved in industry matters uh, as opposed to just your normal role. So your your daytime job is that you are the chief uh, commercial officer with a fantastic company in Australia called Tasman Logistics Services. Um, where are you based, uh, Kat, by the way? You're in Sydney or Melbourne? Yeah, Kim, I'm based in Melbourne. Okay. The uh, the dark city, nice and chilly down there under normal circumstances. <laughs> it used to be the most livable, and then we had two years of COVID, but <laughs> it's still great. <laughs> exactly. Lockdown city. So, uh, Kat, so your chief commercial officer with uh, Tasman uh, Logistics Services, uh, TLS. You've also uh, been a director and senior executive of a number of other organisations right throughout the supply chain ecosystem in Australia. Um and one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today uh, also is the fact that you're a director of Transport Women in Australia. So you've been heavily involved in a number of organisations across supply chain and uh, logistics in Australia. Uh, perhaps you can start by telling us a little bit about Tasman Logistics Services, your role, and uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the market for our audience, about what's going on in Australia at the moment. Absolutely. Thank you, Kim. Um I guess Tasman Logistics Services is uh, a an Australian icon. We started 21 years ago in Tasmania, therefore our name, Tasman Logistics Services, and we really actually like that name because it uh, shows our heritage. We uh, started on the back of um, uh, meats, uh, Tasman meats, um, just basically moving freight across the uh, best trade and moved on to container transport um, and most recently a grown um, our footprint uh, nationally. So we have um, warehouses across the East Coast, uh, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide, uh, Tasmania and, and Perth. Um, we offer still wolf transport, still Tasmania, but also road and rail services in both temperature controlled and ambient spaces. Um, I guess as part of um, my role, um, I'm leading um, the, the growth path together with, um, with the team and we have aspirations to grow significantly and at some point beyond our borders as well, but that will be um, for another day. So that's um, that's about my role at, at Tasman Logistics and um, what is really important to us is, is service and quality and our people most most of all. So a bit Fantastic. of a point of difference there. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for sharing that with us. And you've had a number of very senior roles, both from a uh, commercial and operations perspective, uh, right across uh, some of the big brand uh, tier one logistics companies in Australia. So well done on the career to date. And you're only still young, so I'm sure it's going to keep on getting better. <laughs> hey, um, 
Talk, talk to us just before I get on to the leadership and the uh, Transport Woman in Australia, which I know you're very heavily involved in as a director. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, what's what's happening in the market at the moment. We're, we're theoretically going into the peak season uh, for logistics and transport and right across the supply chain ecosystem. Um, conditions globally, of course, have been a little bit repressed over the last 12 months or so or since the end of COVID. Um, talk to us a little bit about what, what's happening in the market there, what you're seeing as some of the key trends and uh, and how, how you're managing the business in the Australian environment. Absolutely, Kim. So I guess... Uh, as you mentioned, the the market is heavily influenced by the um, the local economy as well as um, I guess macroeconomic um, challenges that that we're currently facing. Mm. <clears throat> what what we found quite interesting. So usually there's a peak season. A peak season might start in August September. You know there's certain events that always drive um, volumes. So Father's Day, for instance, in September, and then going into um, Black Friday sales and um, a Singles Day um, in, in November, leading up to Christmas. So anything August September um, onwards, all the way to January is usually peak season. This year um, we had no peak season. Volumes dropped um, significantly um, globally. And um, we certainly feel that because we uh, obviously handle containers from from the wharf, um, mm -hmm. but we also do interstate. Um, now, what I learned in <laughs> in my job is apparently a chocolate and alcohol is uh, recession proof. <laughs> so, <laughs> Especially so, so in those, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So those two are still going really strong. And um, in the last two weeks, we've uh, seen it's almost like everyone's wanting to catch up from from august to september and trying to fit it into the last six weeks so volume significantly increased in the last um, couple of weeks um, especially domestically and um yeah we were hoping for for a strong finish this this year um on the um other side like for instance the, the logistics which is also an area we offer in warehousing space um there's been a record low vacancy rate, the lowest in the world, like sitting at the lowest in the world at some point with um, um, below um, 0.3%. Now, the national vacancy uh, earlier this year was at 0.6%, so extremely low. That means there's literally no warehousing space available. Mm -hmm. And to put this into perspective, every new person that we bring into Australia needs about four to six square meters of warehousing space for all their stuff <laughs> you know that is, that is a very <laughs> interesting statistic i have never heard of that algorithm <laughs> before or that statistic so that's that's a calculation that's been done in terms of uh in terms of the warehousing space to cater for the the consumer goods etc that any one person requires yeah that's correct. And if we're bringing ah. in, um, you know, 500,000 new people, that means we really want to have 3 million, um, you know, square meters of additional warehousing space. And um, in 2020, we um, achieved 2 million, and this was a record year. So we um, are catching up. There's certainly more, um, you know, space becoming available, and a lot of businesses have reduced their... I guess um, just in case stock, not completely back to just in time, but you know they they certainly are going back to reducing the inventory, especially in the retail space. Um, so we're seeing a lot of subleases coming onto the market, and even some free PLs having capacity again. But um, in terms of new warehouses, um, it's it's still quite challenging, and that's obviously driving prices up in 
you know, warehousing space. Now, as well as transport, because we had 12 to 18 months of lead times for new trucks <laughs> and, um, you know, fuel rates um, obviously adding to it as well. So it's it's been um, an interesting development. And obviously all of this is influencing um you know, our consumer price index, therefore, um, you know, the the inflation. <laughs> sure, sure. No, it's, that's a really, that's a really good uh, analysis. I appreciate that because, uh, and it doesn't surprise me that you have a very good handle on warehousing uh, rates and occupancy rates because I know you were a director of business development for Utenant, um, an organisation which has got quite a high profile in the industry in Australia as well. I think it's Kyle, isn't it, that runs uh, Utenant, which is uh, which is a warehousing uh, matchmaking company, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to. So it's certainly a really good model um, to, I guess, more in occupier services. So, so I was fo- focused on um working with um, warehouse tenants um, and finding the best solutions uh, for them in the market um and um yeah certainly a really good experience um for myself to be exposed to, to that part of the industry as well <laughs> brilliant brilliant so so I want to talk to you a little bit now about um about your leadership journey and your leadership journey specifically in relation to the industry itself. Uh, Looking at your profile and speaking to you when we've met, it's clear that you're very passionate about industry-related issues. You're a great speaker. I've seen you present and speak. Uh, In fact, I think you're you're a bit of a hot ticket in terms of uh, getting you in to speak uh, around industry matters at various events, uh, at least in Australia. And uh, so Transport Woman in Australia, you are a director. You've been involved with that organisation for a little while now. Talk to us a little bit about what Transport Women in Australia is about, and then I want to talk to you about uh, your, your role in that. Yeah, thank you, Kim. I've certainly uh, looked around different uh, industry organisations and I I decided to support uh, Transport Women in Australia. It is an amazing um, group of men and women, so more women than men, but we do sure not discriminate, because, which is mm. really important to me because I think if we want to, um, and in my view, it's all about um, achieving uh, the potential we strive for. So having the opportunities to achieve what we want to achieve in our career, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily for me about quotas and having the same, you know, gender um, balance in, in every every single role. So I, I really like Transport Women in Australia because we, we embrace obviously um, diversity and um, and um, and do not discriminate against anyone. Um, we also uh, support a lot of women uh, and men um, in in their career, and that um, so we have different initiatives. We, for instance, have a um, connecting mentoring program. We have a learning initiative, a breakfast series. Um, we have certain awards. Um, we have a women driving um, transport career event. Um, we are supported by a lot of um, large large brand names, um, and we have a really exciting conference coming up thirty um, first uh, of May, first of June in. Um, 2024 next year in in Melbourne. It's the uh, uh, Living the Dream conference and we've actually created a song which is called Living the Dream and I think it made it into the charts. So It's um, incredible. (laughs) Well done. It's it's, it's really amazing. Are you singing on it? Are you singing on it? Definitely not. I'm. I'm actually. My, my husband is a is a hobby musician, and um, you know, he would attest that um, this is not a good idea. 
well done. Well done. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's certainly some really, really talented ladies um, who contributed to, to that song as well. And it's sure. all about raising awareness for our industry because okay. there's so many women who want to help, who are passionate about their, their caring roles in, in healthcare and education and so on. And and really, our industry is, is a very caring role. We, yeah. we bring everything to people like we keep the country moving if it's not for our industry there would be you know no food on the table um and, and that's right and and of course australia for, for for our audience who may not be aware is is about the same size as the united states of america i think there's only about 25 million people there so it's about 10 percent of the population or less uh but of course that means we have these massive massive distances between the east coast the west coast the deep south adelaide all the way up to the top end which is uh, in a, a total it's it's several thousand uh miles difference and we have uh, these road trains with some of some of them are four or five trailers long and we have all the mining of course one of the biggest mining countries in the world and i know there are an enormous amount of women working on these thousand ton trucks in the mines as well so i'm sure a lot of those organizations are your members yeah yeah, absolutely. So we, um, yeah, we have a lot of uh, these organisations. I don't want to, you know, don't know how much advertisement I can do. So you can just yeah. look on the Transport Room Australia website just to find out about our sponsors. But uh, we certainly have a lot of um, support. Um, we also have our own truck to go around to schools and to show, you know, I guess um, young young people, you know, women and men, how to, um, you know what the experience is um, uh, driving trucks and they're all really cool with technology and, yeah. you know, fitted out these days with GPS tracking and, um, you know, very, very comfortable beds and and so on. So it's uh, obviously the world changed. And in the past, there used to be a lot of um, Australian truck drivers who took their kids on the road with them and that sort of groomed the next generation. Um, for safety reasons, that's no longer allowed. Um, and uh, now we need to come up with, with um, other ways to, to really um, encourage uh, young people to take up professions in our industries, and there's yeah. so many different roles. So it's very cool. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Transport Women in Australia is is also a, a big advocate uh, and advocacy uh, for, to government uh, about uh, rule changes and laws, and uh, also advocates very strongly for uh, mental health as well, and uh, and people taking care of each other in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there is, um, you know, a lot of initiatives and some of them don't seem to be, you know, so common sense, but once you spell them out, they are. So for instance, there, um, there is a requirement to upgrade toilets along, you know, the, the cool. way to make them cool. safe and clean to be, yeah. you know, suitable, I guess, for, for both. <laughs> Um, yeah. genders and sure. it's just little things like that where we you know have an opportunity to raise awareness because that will really make a difference to um i guess the next generation of driving <laughs> yeah well i was a long distance truck driver many many moons ago in new zealand and i'm sure things have come on it was very rudimentary in those days get to make do with the, the long journey so i'm sure there's been an enormous amount of value being added by the advocacy that uh, you folks are putting up hey cat um <laughs> 
Look, you've you've had a fantastic career to date. I want to congratulate you again on on the work that you're doing, not only in Transport Women in Australia, but in your career in general. And I know you you're also a mum, so you're juggling all of this with being a, a mum as well. And it's been it's been great to be able to nail you down and catch you because I know it's been difficult for you to schedule in this uh, this meeting today. So I really appreciate it. Um, I always like our guests to give uh, our audience a little bit of a tip or advice. So I haven't prepared you for this, but as as a young entrepreneur and uh, as somebody who, who involves themselves in many many different aspects of the of the logistics supply chain and specifically the transport industry um what would be your recommendation for young people looking to get into a career uh, in the in the logistics transport space for example what what would your recommendation to them be as to how to uh, make an entry into the uh, into the sector sure it's it's really easy um our sector doesn't require university degrees, even though if you if you have one, that can be in, of advantage. So you can literally just start applying for a job that may be in a warehouse or an administration role and work your way up. There's also uh, opportunities for TAFE certificates. There's, uh, there's the option to study um, supply chain logistics. So there's different levels. Um, there's various different roles. So anything from driving trucks to working in warehouses to working in administration in marketing sales, um, commercial operations, but also all the digital technology roles. So, you know, especially warehouse, warehouse automation, um, designing, um, you know, warehouses uh, going then into construction project management space. So there's so many really cool ca careers in our industry. You just have to pick one and, and make a start and get in. Um, and uh, if you are committed to lifelong learning, um, that is really the key, I think, to have a career because um, it, it never stops. Um, the world always changes in our industry. And, um, you know, um, if you can keep up, then then you have a have a great career ahead of you. <laughs> awesome. Hey, hey, Kat, I would expect no less than all of those bright ideas from you. Um, Katharina Zink-Atana, Chief Commercial Officer for Tasman Logistics Services, uh, <laughs> entrepreneur, uh, professional in the industry and Director of Transport Women in Australia. Thank you so much for taking time out to join us. I hope our audience has gained some value and input in not only what's going on in the industry in Australia, but also what's happening commercially and some of the trends that you've shared with us. Thank you so much. I look forward to keeping in touch with you perhaps every six months for a bit of an update on what's happening in Australia and the market in general. Thank you, Kim. I really appreciate your time and um, yeah, thank you to the audience for listening that far. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Absolute pleasure always. We look forward to staying in touch and thank you everybody for joining us on Logistics Executive TV.